All right now, taking it back like a Kerif White return to the house, but no holding on this one. This is your man Kyle Means back at it with the run and only Ryan Bukovetsky, a senior writer for the Bears on WeAreRegalRadio.com and the NFL as well. Man, we are here to talk more preseason football as uh, Ryan, I guess, get some papers together or something. But uh, <laughs> we're here to talk more preseason football, more Bears coverage. We're here to uh, preview game three of the preseason, all of the all-important game three. I guess, you know, it's it's been that way traditionally. But, uh, you know, for the Bears, it may be a little less – uh, a little less important than it is for many other teams. And that's sort of a good thing. The Bears are pretty stable right now. They're, they've, you know, coming into the preseason, they already had a lot figured out in regards to their starters and everything. And it seems that over the, the first two games of the preseason, games in which they've done a very little playing of uh, of their starters, uh, on offense or defense, you know, they've been able to utilize this time to figure out more in regards to their depth and uh, their, uh, you know, their new players as well, uh, giving some rookies some shots and letting them see uh, how some of this new infusion of talent is going to affect the team. So uh, with this week three, you know, we're probably going to see more of the same there. There's been some, more things figured out with the team. The team is down to one kicker now that the great kicking debate as of now is, has been settled. But uh, there still may be more to that in the, in the, in the, for the field as, as time goes on. But we'll see. But uh, as I bring Ryan in, uh, let's, let's, let's get to talking about uh, what's the latest with the Bears right now. You wrote a piece. Uh, earlier this week for WeAreRegalRadio.com detailing the, the decision to let go of Elliot Fry, who was going head up with Eddie Pinero for the kicking spot. And, you know, now it's Pinero. He's the last guy standing. He's he's Highlander, as it were. There can only be one. But, uh, you know, what? let's start off with that, man. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on the kicking situation and how – that is that has turned out to be a Pinero's job for the time being. Yeah, real uh, interesting stuff. Obviously, this has been a, an adventure ever since it really started with Cody Parkey being released or at least being determined that he won't be back this season after last year. And we've had kind of the kicking carousel. We've had a bunch of different guys, and a lot of us have been wondering, you know, how how well have the Bears done in this process? And I think for the most part, you would say everything's been at least average for what they've gotten from Nero and Elliot Fry. Uh, I don't think either of them stood out as just can't miss kickers, but none of them struggled in the training camp or preseason games to date. And I think for the Bears, it was simply when Elliot Fry, especially when I saw in that preseason game, missed that kick and, he really hasn't distinguished himself as the accurate kicker. And that was kind of his uh, MO, I guess, coming into training camp. He's more the accurate leg, but not enough leg strength, potentially. 
versus uh, Eddie Pinheiro, who has the leg strength, but does he have the accuracy? And if he's been really toe-to-toe with Elliot Fry, I think it just makes that show that Eddie Pinheiro is the better of the two prospects, at least to this point in time. And uh, it certainly leaves the possibility of another kicker coming in because the Bears, they picked up uh, Josh Caldwell at running back, but they were already down a roster spot uh, when they let go of Emmanuel Hall. So they picked him up, go back to 90, release Elliot Fry, and now they're still at 89. So there's still one more roster spot available to them if they wanted to pick up a kicker or something like that. Not that it matters a whole heck of a lot because we're getting close to the final cut days, and that's when really the big move, I think, for a kicker will happen. But there's certainly intrigue in this game because Cole Headland, the uh, kicker for the Colts, he's not going to win that job because Adam Vinatieri, the old stable four, uh, formerly for the Patriots, but really has done a great job in his Indianapolis career. He's going to be the kicker for the Colts, and that's a guy that some people have looked at as a possible uh, replacement for the Bears if they went elsewhere on their roster for a kicker to be on their roster. A lot like that Kerry uh, Bedvick, him and Headland, I think were probably two of the top kicking prospects out of you know that second-tier guys where we're not going to keep this guy. And uh, I know the Colts were looking to try to trade him, so we'll see if maybe a great performance on Saturday tips the scales and the Bears just go after him and don't want to risk dealing with trying to pick him up after the cuts and the waiver wire business. So that, that could be a potential there, too. And at least with Eddie now, we know that he's going to be the guy, so he's going to get his chance Saturday and then uh, that final preseason game. And if he goes out there and does the job well, the Bears might decide to stay with Eddie Pinheiro, and that might be the guy for this season. I know uh, Sports Illustrated came out with an article kind of criticizing Bears' kicking search, and you know potentially that may be the case. I haven't looked too extensively in that piece, so I don't know for sure. But I know one thing, it really doesn't matter at all with this process if they get it right. So we got to kind of just let Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy go through this process and see if they can get it done. Because even though Pace has struggled to find that kicker replacement, uh, this is the first time they've really been actively looking for a guy to be the kicker on a playoff team. So let's see what they can do. Because so far they've done a pretty good job everywhere else on the roster. Definitely, definitely. And uh, you mentioned the signing of this week of Josh Caldwell, the running back. And um, you no, know, explain, explain, uh, you no, know, because you you actually foresaw this a bit in our last recording on Friday, right after the Giants game. Uh, you no, know, given the performance of Kareth White, who is you no know, sure the roster spot at you no, know, uh, you no, know, the seventh round pick in this most recent draft, he's done a great job both in in scrimmage play and on the special teams. So you know, it it will seem you you said back then that. It, given his his good performance so far, that he may be put to the side and allowed to to rest for the remainder of the of the preseason. And uh, you know, the Bears may bring in another running back to take snaps in the meantime. And uh it was seen that the first part of that has happened with the Caldwell signing. Uh you know, explain explain the reasoning behind your thought process there and and the potential uh, reasoning behind the bear stock process. Yeah, uh, I was, you know, watching that last preseason game and, you know, kind of going into that, that there was still that 
missing roster spot. The Bears were at 89, they could be as high as 90. And some wondered, you know, when they would fill that, what they might do to fill it. And running back was certainly a thought because it became apparent after the first preseason game that David Montgomery was an NFL running back that they really don't want to show off too much. And what's the point kind of thing, especially because that's the thing we got to remember as fans. In the preseason, the Bears just don't care about top guys or guys that they peg to matter in the regular season to really play much. They just they want to make sure that the group is healthy. So seeing Kareth White in that second preseason game flash that incredible speed, and I thought he looked way more comfortable at the running back position. Uh, he looked sort of, I wouldn't say disconnected or anything or, or raw, but it just didn't look like he was really running the prototypical running back type stuff in that first preseason game. He looked a lot more like that in the second game, not trying to bounce everything to the outside, running between the tackles, actually making cuts with vision, and then you saw the speed on the kickoff return. I, I got the feeling in that game that they might just flat out shut Kareth White down, especially if they plan on him being on the roster. And there's some, you know, theories out there as well that maybe they'll try to cut down on his reps to just hide him on the practice squad. But I, I don't think that's going to happen, personally. I, I think he's going to get a roster spot. You're going to keep at least four backs. Why not keep him with all his potential? And worst-case scenario, he's a backup for Cordell Patterson in case he goes down with any type of injury at that kickoff return. So he could be extremely valuable just from that standpoint. And then the fact that if he is anything at running back, and he can be a receiver, and you know that can potentially use him in a lot of ways. Why even let him get injured? To me, it just seems like they're going to maybe play Kareth White just a little bit in that first quarter, and then maybe shut him down and let Ryan all go, and then it's going to be the Josh Caldwell show, and really just run him. And, and we'll see. If Kareth White plays you know, a decent amount, he's playing, you know, let's say, a first half, and then he doesn't really play in the second half, you probably think he's going to keep playing in the preseason, and maybe he is that guy that they're going to keep on the roster and not try to hide on the practice squad. If we don't see him much at all in this game, that's kind of all options available. They might be trying to hide him on the practice squad, maybe he already made the team. Whatever the case, clearly the Bears are going to, they would be trying to hide him from the rest of the league in whatever way they're going to do. But I personally think he's made this roster. Okay. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, man, and and I'm I, I hope that that's the case. It's, you know, it it helps to make yourself useful in multiple multiple positions, and that's something that it seems like this kid has done. So you know, more power to him. And if if he's, you know, it it would make it would only make sense that if he's being preserved in that way, you know, going through this next game, that uh, you know, it's, it's not you know, it's it's not too uh. Like I say, just keep him in the pocket is because they want to keep him healthy uh, going into September when when the real games start. But uh, well, go ahead, go ahead. Kyle, just really quick, uh, one last point I wanted to make. Kareth White, if they're trying to hide him on the practice squad, that tells you that this team really likes Ryan Nall and they want him to be on the roster. There's a chance that maybe they go a little bit lighter on running backs in terms of roster spots because they want to go heavier at wide receiver tight end. I don't think that's going to happen, but that is a possibility. I think they're going to keep four running backs, and that's generally what teams do. And I think that fourth running back is going to be 
or was pegged to be Ryan Nall with Kareth White being on the practice squad. But now, with what you've seen from Kareth White, I think you have to keep him on the roster because you don't want to lose him at all in that speed. And maybe that forces a roster spot to open up to keep Ryan Nall, or maybe they try to practice squad him again. I'm not sure if he has the eligibility to be on the practice squad, but they certainly value his potential versatility too because he might be a potential fullback, running back hybrid type. Yeah. So they could do a few different things in formation with him. Uh, they've talked about him a lot, so I know they like him. It's going to be a very difficult cut down if they're only going to keep four running backs. Yeah, these are these are tough problems to have, but they're they're pretty good problems. They're you know you take it that way versus the other way. Where can we find a guy that can actually do anything? Right, they're not just bringing guys off the street trying to try to excavate any type of talent that they can. They this team already has plenty of talent, you know, available uh, available to it. So, like I said, good problems for the Bears to have. But with that said, any other spots that you foresee any intrigue in going into this this Indianapolis game and 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 playing out the Indianapolis game? Because you know, with most teams, it, you know, we said we talk about the all important third preseason game. Usually, teams are trying to you know, do a dress rehearsal with their team, with their starters and have them play more minutes than they would in any other preseason game. But the Bears, you know, it, it, it would look like with Matt Nagy at the lead, as the leader, you know, he's not he's not really about that. He's going to he's going to rest his top guys and, uh, you know, see how these other guys play behind them. So, you know, what, where where do you foresee any other intrigue position wise? Uh, for this third game, yeah, there's there's a lot at least uh, on on paper. I, I, you know, Palace Hall they might have kind of their fifty three already, and some of these guys that we think have a chance to make it, maybe they're not going to make it because we don't know how good or how well they're doing special teams and what they're being asked. Because when you talk about after the first and second stringers, you really have to be a special teams contributor. A team might decide, hey, your athleticism or your skill is so attractive that we're going to sacrifice maybe a special teamer here or there to keep you on the roster. But essentially, that's where your special teams comes from. And if you are the Bears, you want to be as strong in that unit as you can because you left a lot to be desired for a playoff team. You look at the Rams with uh, Jim Fossil out there, and uh, he does a tremendous job. That's one of the strongest special teams groups in the league. And we saw with Lovey Smith that if you have that defense and special teams really rolling and really solid, it just puts that emphasis on the offense to take care of what they do, and you are going to win a lot of games. So uh, there's a ton of battles across the roster that I see in this game, and the Colts announced earlier that they're not going to play their starters as well. So we know it's going to be kind of just a good old-fashioned backup versus backup, but there's a lot of connections between these two teams. Obviously, Nagy and Wright come from a very similar coaching tree, uh, being a part of Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, coming from that family. They worked, I believe, together in uh, Philadelphia with Wright as the quarterback's coach, but I could be mistaken in that, um, or at least in Kansas City. Either way, they're familiar with the same similar type of offense. And then uh, Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, longtime ex-scout of the Bears, was rumored to be the front runner for the Bears job that Ryan Pace took over. So 
a lot of connections between these two teams. They might be scouting for very similar athletes, and that might help in this game. And I would look at position-wise, that wide receiver group, still how many do they keep, how many guys stand out. They're probably going to keep six. You know that at least uh, five of the spots are taken up with Miller, Robinson, Gabriel, Patterson, and uh, uh, Ridley. So that sixth spot, up for grabs, maybe the seventh. Uh, who's your backup tight ends? Because we know that we got Burton, Shaheen, and Broniker, but is Ian Bunting that four tight end? Is it Dax Raymond? Still a lot of questions on that four tight end. And then what Bradley Soule does as well. Do they keep potentially five tight ends? That's another question mark. The swing tackle I think is wide open because Cornelius Lucas, who was the favorite, I thought he looked pretty poor in that last Giants game. So there could be a big competition for that spot. You look at defensively, that end of the uh, back end of the quarterbacks, you have Clifton Dub make a tremendous play last week. you got Kevin Tolliver, and again, there's not a ton of spots. You've got Abukamura, you got Fuller, you've got Screen, probably Duke Shelley since he's a draft pick. So that leaves maybe a couple spots open for the cornerbacks. Uh, they're probably going to keep, again, around six, maybe five. So it just depends that safety position has a lot of competition as well. So you can look kind of across the roster. And one last one I'll point out is inside linebacker. Uh, after uh, Trevathan and Smith, a lot of, I think, up for grabs. I think Nick Kitakowski is going to make it, but it just depends because he is not really a three-down lineman and doesn't play special teams. So you can go across the board, really, and there's a lot of that fringe area and where do the Bears value in terms of roster spots? That's going to be so interesting when cut day happens. Yeah, and it's it's interesting just hearing you reel off those those positions and those players. It's it's like at all of those positions, we've seen guys in these first two games who, who sort of popped out of nowhere, like you know, like the 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 Stanford linebacker, or you know, you mentioned Duck, and uh, you know. Shelly shown a little bit as as a as a rookie, and you know it's, it's been some impressive performances all throughout these contested positions. And I noticed with the with the receivers, man, you didn't mention Javon Williams, man, and and it seemed like it's going to be another preseason where he's on the edge there, man. That's you know that's that's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, I'm not. I personally believe Williams has made the team. I, I don't know how you can go on without him. I think it's between him and Marvin Hall. But I'm going to just stop short because Marvin Hall does play potentially more special teams. I don't know what Williams does in terms of special teams. I think he is definitely a, a, a receiver with potential and really is a good backup to have for Allen Robinson because they have a very similar body type. And we don't know necessarily yet with Riley Ridley what he's going to be. At least wins. He's got a couple of years of familiarity. But if that's where the special teams kind of effect comes in. How many guys do they have that you have bona fide? Yep, we're keeping him. Like a Sheriff McManus. He is at the safety spot. He's probably going to make the team as a safety so that either kicks out a safety or they've made room for him because of his abilities on special teams which means another spot has been cut down. So it's really that special teams factor. Do they have enough guys that they feel comfortable that they're going to play special teams? And if that's the case, then you can maybe take chances on a whims on some of these other guys because you don't feel that you are going to lack in that area. Yeah, so 
you, you got you got these precious few roster spots that are available, and you got a lot of competitive guys out there working hard to, you know, make make a future for themselves in the league. You know, you think that there may be some some uh, some edginess going on with some of the practices and stuff, and it seems that you know there was in in recent times here with the Bears, but you know the the most. Uh, talked about instance of of inter team, uh, you know, fighting this this preseason has involved, you know, one of the stalwarts of the team, Kyle Long, who uh, had to take some time out, you know, for for his, uh, you know, for treating one of the young boys last week, you know, who was trying to <laughs> who was trying to uh, get 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 around him, I guess, in in the scrimmage, you know, took his helmet off, threw the helmet around and everything real, you know, uh, just some real caveman stuff it looked like, but, you know, Kyle had to, had to sit down and he came back this week contrite. So I want to get your thoughts on that whole situation. It seemed like that's, that's definitely not the type of thing that Nagy wants to have really, uh, you know, play, a, play about uh, with the team. And you no, know, it's an interesting situation. You have a rookie and an all pro going at it. But uh, you know, it you know, I, I, it's I think it's the sort of thing that we sort of take for granted with football teams. Like it's the, it's the sort of thing that you may look at and be like, oh, you know, they should maybe they should have some of that fire going around, you know, the team. But you know, how often does it really settle into a, a winning formula? You know, you know, is that the sort of thing that you know? I guess Nagy, as a more of a modern coach, is he's he's probably going to be more willing to squash that than uh, encourage it. He, you know, as you know, maybe a dick or somebody probably would. You know. Yeah, I think uh, Nagy for sure wanted the fighting to end. And it's funny we were just talking about Javon Wims and him being on the fringe for roster spot. He actually got in the first fight when they uh, left Bourbon A and came back to House Hall where he was punching Prince Mukamara in his helmet, you know, if he broke his hand, he might have been cut by the Bears. By the oh, man. Days, he wouldn't have been able to play. So you see how fighting, whenever that happens, it's hard to kind of to judge. Sometimes it's a thing that can be sort of a non-factor because these guys, when they're out in the field and they're going, that switch goes on, they can kind of turn into – uh, you know, just a different person in a way and turn into that football mode. And obviously you want that under control because on a game day, you can't have Kyle Long doing something crazy like that. But at the same time, too, Kyle Long, we've heard multiple years get in multiple fights. Him and Akeem Hicks, I think, got in a fight earlier in that scrimmage before he did the uh, taking off someone else's helmet and trying to use that as a weapon. I remember last year, him and Akeem Hicks fought, and, and you know, even the years prior, I think that he's gotten in a couple of scrimmages and scuffles. It, it feels like it's more of a camp thing to me, where you've been hitting each other and you've been going against the same guys for really a couple months now, if you include OTAs even before training camp. So you just kind of want to see somebody new. And uh, a lot of teams are moving to those joint practices, even though there is some of that fear still of the fights and things like that. But they're moving to these joint practices just to give those teams that extra, that, that different look. And normally the Bears have been doing that under John Fox and Maggie. They didn't this year because 
I believe uh, for, I don't know exactly the ruling or how it works, but they were supposed to play the Giants in a joint practice, but the Giants facility couldn't handle two teams, so they couldn't do it. That's why they had uh, just their own selves this year versus previous years. To me, that's all it is with Kyle Long. Uh, you know, Certainly Nagy, I'm sure, came down hard, and the punishment was that you couldn't follow the team, at least that we've seen. Uh, for fans and the public is how long did travel with the team to New York for that preseason game and probably some uh, private punishments were dealt out as well uh, that the team is keeping to themselves. So uh, as long as how long is truly going to learn from this and be how he's been in years past where he is a fiery guy, he's never going to lose that. He's going to flirt with that line of going too far over and being too angry and losing your composure. But we haven't seen that affect games. He's a, a longtime veteran. And so, personally, I don't think it's a big deal. But, obviously, you got to stop the fighting. you got to make an example, especially a leader like him that has so much influence. The, the last thing you want as a team is guys punching helmets, breaking hands, or something crazy happening right before the eve of the season and you're trying to get up to a great start. Yeah, you definitely don't want any broken hands on from from helmet punching. That's just that's just an indictment of smarts in general there. But uh, you know, you know Kyle Long is a wild guy, man. He, we we've seen that animal oh, yeah. sort of come out of him before and 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 during games like you said that it's happened, you know. You got to watch us Kyles in general, man. We're we're a pretty fiery bunch. You know? Oh yeah, the two Kyles that I know you and Kyle Long, mm, yeah, yeah. Fiery there. Yeah, you you don't want to be around me when I got a helmet in my hand. <laughs> and I don't want to get punched with a helmet on either. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, man. This it's pretty. Uh, yeah, I think I think the the Bears seem like overall are, are a pretty uh, tranquilo team though when it comes when when it comes to uh you know some of the stuff that we're seeing with other rosters. And other other teams and uh, you know holdouts and all types of stuff that have been leaked with other more dysfunctional teams, the Bears in comparison are pretty you know have been a pretty low key. So you know that's something that we gotta you know take you know pr- you know take uh, advantage of something that they gotta take advantage of going into the season. But uh, as, as we wrap up though, looking at this this upcoming game, is there anything else that uh? that you think you're going to be keeping an eye on or anything else that you think the bears are going to want to, you know, really uh, focus on or get, get across in regards to uh, either their game planning or what, or anything, or just, you know, the roster or whatever, as, as they play through up through this third game. Yeah. You know, Kyle, it's a little tough to judge besides some of the guys that we talked about earlier. I mean, it's really just, looking at which players put out really good tape, especially if they've done it for multiple weeks in the preseason, that would be great. Uh, another thing is just last week I felt that the Bears really came with a lackluster effort in that game against the Giants. And yeah. I know that the Giants played their starters and top reserves, and the Bears really didn't. But even when you got to the second half, it just felt like when the bottom half of the rosters were going at it, that the Giants were bringing a little bit more energy, a little more punch. And I think that that's something that I'll be looking for, and I'm sure that Nagy and the rest of the team will be, is is more of a consistent effort throughout the game. 
it's not really about winning or losing, but that you can't put out great tape sometimes or you can't do some things if you don't give that effort. And you look at kind of like the offense, really between the kickers, including PATs, I think they've had about uh, four kicks each in the two preseason games. So it's you're talking about like eight kicks total or something like that. So uh, that's not a lot of kicks in the preseason when you've got a bunch of reserves you'd figure that the offense would be kind of moving the ball a little bit better and you could have a little bit more game tape on some of these kickers and what they could do. And uh, I think overall that's where you're hoping to see more of maybe a team effort. But, again, you can't go too hard into it. They're, I doubt they're going to be doing much game planning, but this might be the most that they're going to do of the entire preseason. Uh, this week, I believe coming up in practice – uh, or maybe it's been this week already, uh, they've been treating it like actual game weeks to try to get everybody into the habit and into uh, kind of the readiness of the season and the schedule that they'll be doing. So that's why there's probably not going to be another scrimmage or anything like they did that late night, because now it's going to be about routine, especially for the regular season. So guys getting into the, the habit, into the motion of things, that's a critical step. I don't know if we're going to be able to really see that in this preseason game, but if you see a better team overall effort, I, I would think that that's kind of playing towards the game planning, the meetings, the focus, and, and getting into the swing of things, which uh, as soon as this preseason game ends, Kyle, it's going to be a short week to the next preseason game and a short week to the regular season game. So things are going to be moving fast right after Saturday. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I – I, I'm glad you brought up I, – I think that's going to be the main thing I want to see, too, when you talk about the effort and maybe the sense of urgency, you know, with these players that, that are going to be out there because, you know, for the most part, these play, a lot of these players are playing with their immediate future up in the air. So we should, we should want to see a little bit more of effort coming out of them, you know, throughout each, each of the four quarters. You know, if, they, if we don't see that, it's like – I think that may be a little bit of an indictment on some of these guys on the back end of the roster. Here. So, yeah, and I, I know, would we're... say really quick to that, that if, you know, you see, especially in that fourth preseason game, outside of a few, a handful of guys, there shouldn't be anyone really of the 53-man roster playing in that game. Like, if you're playing in the fourth preseason game, you are definitely playing for the future, it, most likely, uh, because it's not going to be on the team. So this is really your last chance in this kind of dress rehearsal game to really make your impression. Cause next week it's about getting ready for the Packers. It's really not about roster competition because the front office, they're moving towards who's our, who's some of the guys that are going to be cut. How are we going to get this roster? It's not going to be about uh, your performance in that game four game. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I guess we've indirectly figured out, how this game is going to be all important for the Bears. That's, it's not all important in, in, in regards to preparing the starters. It's all important in regards to filling out that 53-man roster. And like you said, with only a few with only a few days in between this game on Saturday and the, the fourth game on Thursday, the following Thursday, a week from today, you know, yeah, the Bears are gonna. The Bears may like like you, like you alluded to earlier. They may already know pretty much who they're gonna have on that fifty-three man roster. So the, those guys who they're expecting to make the roster, they should be 
helping lead the charge uh, this Saturday. And whoever has a chance, uh, any type of chance to make the roster should be right behind them. And uh, beyond that, you know, yeah, the other guys are probably playing for practice squad spots or to see if somebody else may want to pick them up as cuts to make. Exactly. Yeah, so that, that, feel, that, that puts a little bit of urgency and, and fun into this game. You know, it, may, it may not be one to write home about, but it'll be, it's, it's, it's definitely some importance to it. Yeah, as but, much uh, as these preseason games are unbearable to watch at times, there's still always a little something in there. There's guys that you can watch out for and – and even just looking at seeds of the future, you can never, ever just be too short term. Obviously, this is a big season for the Bears, but you want to see development across the board with any younger guys. So anybody that's playing that maybe has a future with the Bears, you're hoping that they shine. Yeah, and, and given that uh, Panero, I guess, I guess he's going to have all the kicks then this week. What do you think would be a good number? Because if you if you're looking at the how the offense is going to move up and down the field, and we want to see a little bit more of them, you know, reaching the uh, red zone or whatever, at least, at least, you know, what do you think would be a good number of kicks for him this week? Well, that's a that's I guess another potential thing to watch for in this game is there's some thoughts and theories that have been written or suggested that I've seen about. Maybe Matt Nagy should play call as if he's going to get more kicks. Maybe instead of, you know, trying to get a first down, you go conservative on third down to ensure that you're going to get a field goal kick and see more reps from Pinheiro. So I'm interested to see, I guess, how they handle that. But you would think that right now they've averaged about four kicks a game. Uh, So, it's really been a couple field goals, couple extra points for the most part. I, I would think you'd want to get anywhere at least four, but I think six. I think if you can get around six, you know, maybe three PATs, three field goal attempts, I think that would be a good number and a good way to get some solid evaluation out of Pinheiro. But obviously anything above six, that's just gravy. It, it, I think ideal world, they'd have him go out there and kick 10 times in this preseason game. Right, just this uh do a touchback and then send them right, out. Exactly, yeah, kick off, an extra point, any type of field goal. Hey, here's a seventy yarder before the half. Whatever, just get him to kick it up there and see what he can do. Yeah, let's get him to stretch that leg out for real. But uh, yeah, that's that's uh that that sounds good. I mean, I'm definitely gonna be. That's definitely one thing I'm gonna be watching for is uh you know. He he's got the spotlight now, so let's see what he does with it. And, you know, if, if, see if he's gonna if there's any uh, see what just what are the chances that he could be the guy going into the regular season. But uh, we already know that you're the guy, Ryan, as uh, when it comes to bad stuff, and uh, you're the guy too with uh with D and Davis, man, producing over there, uh, putting together good shows on the regular. Uh, I, I want to get uh. Give me a little bit of, uh, you know, because you, you can listen to this show. All, you can listen to this episode already on War on Anchor if you haven't, uh, you know, listened to it right after you're done with us. But uh, give us a little bit of what you guys did this week. You uh, uh, previewed the AFC and uh, went down the line with three experts from all three AFC divisions. How did, 
added those talks. Yeah, it was a, a really good episode. It'll get your AFC preview going. Uh, we didn't focus too much on the AFC East because, uh, let's face it, the Patriots are going to win that division unless something crazy, crazy happens. But the other divisions of the AFC definitely have competitiveness and storylines. Uh, and we got really Benjamin Albright to cover the AFC West as well. In general, he's a great NFL insider. We had Josh Roundtree do the AFC North. He's a, a Steelers broadcaster for uh, one of their radio stations up there. And then we also had uh, Jim Aiello from the Indianapolis Star to uh, talk about the Colts and the AFC South. And then this is all gearing up for next week where we'll do our NFC preview. And then it's right into games, basically, as we'll be previewing that Thursday nighter. So it's funny how things are just moving quickly. But definitely check out that uh, episode on all stuff AFC that we cover. And we also get the guys' picks for the season on who they kind of think is going to win, who are they feeling at least right now when it comes to the power players in the AFC. And we'll be doing the same for the NFC. Yes, indeed. Definitely. This is a great time to start listening to Dean Davis if you haven't already. We love football and uh, we lo- love to talk football. And, uh, you know, definitely Dean and Ken uh, share that. And, uh, you know, things get pretty interesting when it comes to the NFL season with us, with, uh, with War in general and with Dean Davis in particular. So uh, definitely check them out uh, every week. Every Thursday, we release the episodes here on War on Anchor, but you can listen to them first on uh, Wednesdays on uh, Dean Davis on SoundCloud. Just search Dean Davis Show. But uh, for now, we're gonna uh, you know just hold it, hold off for the time being. Uh, me and Ryan will probably get back to you. We'll probably hold off until uh, early next week, Monday or so, and um, you know uh, give us give our thoughts on the uh, what happened. Saturday and uh, you know just start looking at looking forward to uh, what's gonna what's gonna be you know the fourth like in the fourth game like I said is not not too much uh, to really go into there to dive into there we're gonna be really starting to turn around to the regular season by that point but uh, yeah for now though we're, we're uh, you know uh, about ready to send it off. Uh, take uh, take it around the corner to this third game. I uh, hope you enjoy that. Check it out and uh, check check out more of what we got for here for you here on Warm Anchor with our football coverage and uh, all our other good stuff as well. So, uh, Ryan Bukovetsky, I'm Kyle Means signing off. Bear down, and uh, we'll talk to y'all later.